Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Larry Kay, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, May 25th, 2018, and today we are reading from the big book, and we are currently on page 63, the second paragraph. It starts, we, are, we were now at step three, and we're going to read through two paragraphs ending with, was felt at once, and we're going to comment on both paragraphs. Here's our readers for today. We have Tenzin P on the 12 steps. We got our short stop, Janice M on the 12 traditions. And we got the readers of the text. We have Rita K, Lynn K, and Hoodie R. The reference number for, for Thursday, May 7th, or excuse me, May, uh, blah, 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 yesterday, May 24th, was uh, the 7 a.m. meeting, 11456. That's 11,456. And for the 10 a.m. meeting, yesterday is 11,457, 11457. The OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting for our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, and that is to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating, well, they, they can recover through abstinence, that's a start, and then they're going to have to practice the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And so let me reach out to Tenzin to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Tenzin. Good morning. Good morning. Tenton P. Checking in from near New York City. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Or, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed 
and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tenzin. Hey, Janice, don't we have something like 12 traditions? Something like that, right? Yeah, we do. We do. Thank goodness. <laughs> Good morning. Thank God. <laughs> the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name, pardon me, to any related facility or outside enterprise Less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they served. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. Okay, here's how this thing is supposed to work. Our meeting focuses on the directions uh, for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. 
We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overreaders only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing, however, be directly linked to what was read and we are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. If you'd like to share, press star one to unmute your phone and once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we're gonna to resume our study of the big book. We are currently on page 63. We are on the second paragraph. It starts, we were now at step three and Rita's gonna read through two paragraphs ending with was felt at once. And then we're gonna have comments on both paragraphs. So good morning, Rita Kay. Good morning, Larry, thanks for your service. My name is Rita Kay from Kansas, recovered. We are now at step three. Many of us said to our maker, as we understood him, God, I offer myself to thee, to bear with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self, that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties, that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. May I do thy will always. We thought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready, that we could at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. We found it very desirable to take this spiritual step with an understanding person, such as our wife or husband, best friend or spiritual advisor. But it is better to meet God alone than with one who might understand, who might misunderstand, sorry. The wording was, of course, quite optional, so long as we expressed the idea, voicing it without reservation. This was only a beginning, though if honestly and humbly made an effect, sometimes a very good one was felt at once. You know, when I saw that I was um, that I was sharing on the Thursday prayer, I was really quite happy about that. <laughs> you know, because it's a prayer that I say every morning, first of all, and and you know, I just kind of. It doesn't become something that is rote or meaningless to me because one thing I like about it is that uh, Bill said, you know, the wording is optional. And I don't know if I've ever noticed that before, that one sentence, that one phrase, uh, the wording was quite optional as long as we express the idea. That's in the second paragraph there. You know, because I've always kind of done the wording the way I needed to do it. One of the things that I uh, always say differently, you know, the last uh, phrase of the prayer is, may I do thy will always. And the word always is too big for me. And I always say, uh, may, I do, may I do your will today. And because that's what I can handle is today. I have to take small bites, you know, I can, I can handle today. But, you know, we're talking about step three, and I know we just heard it, but as a reminder, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood, as we understood him. 
And I would say just really encourage, um, you know, anyone from any kind of walk of religion or spiritual thought, don't get hung up, you know, on that wording because that part, as we understand God, is really, really, it's exactly what is meant here. You have to you have to come from this from your own spiritual understanding, and also don't forget we're reminded that the wording here is optional. Well, one of the things you know, I kind of call this the freedom prayer also, because we he's talking about uh, being relieved from the bondage of self. You know, having our difficulties taken away, and also he's talking about victory. But don't forget, all of this is being done so that we could be of service to others. You know, and taking away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of your power, your love, and your way of life. So all this is being done, people, so that we can then be able to reach out to others effectively, you know. And so that that's one thing that's really cool about it. You know, one of the times, and I've shared, I've shared on here that, you know, I've experienced relapse more than once, but... One of the times that I that I vividly remember taking this prayer, taking the third step, uh, I traveled up to Iowa to uh, my sponsor that time. Um, I traveled to do this to do the third step with her, and um, and there was a, she had a special room, a kind of a spiritual room in her house. And if I remember right, it was a sun porch. This was this was a few years ago. It was like a sun porch. But the the thing that's important that I wanted to, as I as I had that memory today, her spiritual walk was totally from something different from me. Her belief system was totally, you know, was way different from my own. But that that was such a spiritual moment for me and so important that it ran deep and I will never forget that. I, I, I won't forget taking the third step prayer with taking the third step with another fellow who who was recovered and also who had a spiritual way of life that worked for her. So that didn't stop us, that did not that did not create a wall for us, but it was a very good and a very spiritual experience. And so um, this is only the beginning. The, that very last phrase, one of the last phrases in this, uh, in this second paragraph is that this is only a beginning. So don't forget that. We don't stop here. We keep going. And with that, I pass. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks. Thanks so much, Rita. Okay, we're going to transition to sharing, and we're going to um, – we're going to open this up. We're on page 63, the second paragraph. We read through two paragraphs. So please um, repeat your name 17 to 24 times. And who would like to share? Nancy oh, yeah. from yeah. Boston. Nancy H. Katie. Harry B. Carlin. Did I hear a Jamie? Carrie. You heard Jan. Gina and, F, yes. Gina S. Pamela R. B. Pamela R. All right, we'll take another one. ACT. All right, let's stop there. I'll tell you, and I, I apologize in advance if I missed you. Here's who I have. Barry B. Here's who I have. I have Nancy, Katie, Gina S., Harlan, Carrie, Jan, Pamela R., and Stacy. 
and we'll catch everyone on the on the flip side here. So Nancy, would you get us started? Good morning. Yes. Good morning. This is Nancy H., a recovered compulsive overreader in Massachusetts. Very grateful. I uh, love your style, Larry. <laughs> it's just uh, with a sense of humor, sort of. But anyway, thank you for your service. And um, this step, when it says we are, we're now at step three, I had the completely wrong idea about this because what I went about with it was saying that, okay, this step says that many of us, you know, will be restored to sanity. Didn't think about the part of to build with me and do with me as thou wilt. I just wanted God to restore me. And then release me of the bondage of self. I kind of overlooked that completely. But I got take away my difficulties that bit you over them. That that was it. I want victory over my difficulties, so please take them away. And because of that, I'll turn my will and my life over to you. So that was um, a little bit of a misunderstanding. And then it was pointed out to me that by my guide that we're, the thing we're doing in step three is we're making a decision to do the rest of the steps. And it also was pointed out to me that, you know, we're not trying to just have you be comfortable here. We're trying to make you relieved of your difficulties so that you can bear witness to those who would help you know, that you could help. And I, I didn't like that idea at the beginning either because I didn't have time for this, you know, sponsoring and all that. I, I was afraid of it. So it says, may I do thy will always. I got that part because, you know, I want to do God's will, and it's only one day at a time. And then we thought, well, before taking this step, uh, my sponsor made me do it on my knees in front of my group, which I thought was humiliating at the time, but it actually had an effect on me. So... <clears throat> um, there's one other thing. This was only a beginning. Oh, yeah, this was only a beginning. Um, and I didn't realize it was only a beginning. I knew there were some other steps, but I hadn't gone too far with them. I had done the fourth step many times, but never really, really got to the root causes. And this time when I got the vision guide, I was brought to the root causes. And that made a big, big difference. So every day I say this prayer, almost when I open my eyes, before I even move, and I might say it sometimes during the day uh, if I get kind of lost. And it says, um, to take away my difficulties, that victory over them would bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. So it's not me who's responsible for somebody's recovery. It's me responsible to turn it over to God and let him put the words in my mouth and let him speak to people through me. So for, for these, uh, this step is one of the most uh, enjoyable steps I do. And I'm so glad that I made the decision to go all the way with it and do the rest of the steps because now I'm recovered and I have a really better life. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Nancy. Okay, we have Katie G followed by Gina S. Hey, Katie, good morning. Hey, good morning, Larry. Good morning, my fellows. This is Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic and Bulimic. I love this, so I'm reborn, okay? We were reborn, I have a new beginning. And I love this, relieve me of the bondage of self, the slavery of self, right? Um, the slavery of self that looks at my life and my circumstances through the vision of why are these circumstances and life issues not supporting me? Why am I not getting my needs met? Why are you not doing what I want? Why is this job, this husband, this child, why? And um you know, I'm saying, well, take it away, God, like, give me a new beginning, help me see this differently. And let me abandon and abandon is not like, give a little bit abandon means give up control or influence over another. Like, so I'm thinking, you know, I got to stop controlling my life. 
I got to stop. I got to take my hands and get them away from my life because my life in my hands is a complete mess. And I remember the first time saying this prayer and just shaking because all I knew is that everything I was doing in my life was bad, bad. It brought me to Over Ears Anonymous. I wasn't on a winning streak. And I continue to take this step every day to turn my will and my life over to God, you know, so that I can help others. But I've got to continue with the work and learn what my bondage to self is, learn about my will and my life, what I have been, what my, what my bad thinking has been my whole life. And that's what step four through nine show me Well, step four or five. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is like the good drug, right? So uh, take away my difficulties so I can help others. Hate that. Hate that. Take away my difficulties so I can be happy, right? I have to tell you that um, I've had the privilege of receiving phone calls and, and making phone calls and people saying, have you ever been through this in recovery? And I can say, yeah, yeah, I have. And this is what I did. And it's like, oh my gosh, like, All the joy that I ever wanted, being able to say to someone, you know, like, yeah, this disease took everything from me. And I was a single woman for a very long time. And I, I, with God's help, after I took this step and started going through steps four, I went back to school and, um, and did all this stuff because, because God does not want me to waste my life anymore. Um, And yeah, like, and calling newcomers, right? And saying, hey, I've been where you are. And it is so painful but it gets better so hold on hold on to your socks because this program is going to knock your socks off and then you know I've had the privilege of calling all my teachers and saying help tell me what to do like how did you get through this so it's just amazing it is an amazing promise and please hold on to your absence and get through the work because this is so amazing and with that I do pass thank you Katie Okay, we have Gina followed by Harlan. Gina, good morning. Good morning, everybody. This is Gina F. Uh, F is in Frank in Connecticut, recovered just for this moment. Um, so I just had to share this morning uh, because I had the experience of um, listening to this reading and just getting goosebumps thinking about that last year at this time I was still in the food and a slave to my character defects after eight years um, in this program, uh, not knowing that in just a couple of weeks I would be rocketed into the fourth dimension of existence. And um, really the line that stood out for me was that we thought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready to at last abandon ourselves utterly to him. and I thank you, Katie, for the definition of abandon, um, because that's that's what I was lacking uh, in my work previously. I was not ready to completely abandon myself utterly. I wasn't ready to give everything up. Um, and I I loved what I heard about this time last year um, from a fellow in these rooms that we all know that old. Um, recovery analogy that if we put 50 cents into a vending vending machine for a dollar candy bar, we don't expect to get that candy bar. But the same applies to putting 99 cents into a machine for a dollar candy bar. And that really hit home with me because um, if I'm 99% all in to this program, I'm still going to get zero recovery. 
I had to abandon myself utterly and I hadn't been ready. I hadn't suffered enough, I guess, to um, let go of everything, every vicarious pleasure, tell every secret, make amends to every person as directly as possible. These are the things that I had to do in order to recover. And um, it was at this moment around this time last year that I became ready. The disease beat me into a state of reasonableness where I knew I had to abandon myself utterly to working these steps, abandon myself utterly to a new way of life um, and let go, just let go completely in order to be changed and transformed. And um, abandoning myself utterly to this program also meant that I had to be willing to make this a priority, make the step work a priority every single day of my life, um, which, uh, you know, I had not previously been willing to do. I let those um, earthly clamors, I believe, uh, it's described as uh, take over and take priority and take precedence over my spiritual progress and the work that I need to do. Um, so do need to get into work, but I just had to share that this morning. And uh, thank you all for being here. I pass. Thanks so much, Gina. Okay, we have Harlan followed by Carrie. Now batting. Now batting. Ball famer, Billy number William. 14, Ernie Banks. First base. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Larry. Larry, uh, and also to Team Friday for making this magnificent meeting possible. I'm Harlan G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. I have been through the doctor's opinion, and I have a knowledge of the allergy of the body and the twist of the mind. I have been through Bill's story, and I have seen through identification how the allergy of the body and the twist of the mind drove Bill, who was a brilliant man, irresistibly against his will into liquor that he didn't want to be drinking and how it ransacked his life. I have been through, there is a solution. And I have been informed that only a spiritual experience or spiritual awakening in my case is going to remedy this situation. I have been further, dealt, I have been further uh, inculcated with information in more about alcoholism. And in more about alcoholism, I have seen again that this is an illness that is progressive and fatal. I have been informed of Jim, a man of 30, Fred, and the jaywalker, that this is a disease that will strike me and kill me. I have been through the ABCs on page 60. And on page 60, it reminds me that I am an alcoholic and could not manage my own life. That means I have an allergy of the body that is and, and a twist of the mind that is fatal and progressive, that no human power could have relieved my alcoholism, and that God could and would if he were sought. Because in chapter 4, I have come to understand that I need to choose my own God, and step 2 is vital to my survival. One of the Oxford group tenets is absolute unselfishness, means an unshackling of self. Kim says, it is not a self-help program. It is a self-abandonment program. No step illustrates her the validity to what she's saying. What does it say here? I offer myself to thee to build with me as thou wilt. 
And then it goes on to say, oh, what, is, what, is, what I'm doing here is I'm turning over my will, which is my thinking, my life, which is my action. There's no writing involved here. There's no deep thinking involved here. There is not a lot of time involved here. Step three should take somewhere in the neighborhood of 90 seconds. Based on the information that I have read so far in the book, am I now ready to continue with 4 through 12? We are making a decision. That's all it is. Nothing more, nothing less. I am making a decision based on the information I have been presented so far. And this decision means, because we're going to see on Monday, it says next, not in a month, not in six months, not in a year, next. That means right now. We're going to be walking around with a pencil and a paper in our hand with columns doing step four. And we're going to get to it right away. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thanks, Harlan. Okay, we have next up Carrie followed by Jan. Hey, Carrie. Uh, hi, Larry. I think it was Terry. See? Oh, Terry. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Hi, this is Terry C., a recovered compulsive overeater in New Jersey. Um, I love what everyone has shared this morning, and I just, you know, really kind of want to attest to the same idea that I prayed this prayer wrongly for a very long time. Um, you know, all of it without reservation. It tells me voicing it without reservation. I have to remind myself it's all of it without reservation because I was uh, Barry. free free from my alcoholic foods, mm. but I uh, I wanted the bonus of this prayer. I often... You know, it always stood out to me as relieve me of the bondage of self. Yeah, I want that so I can be better. You know, take away my difficulties. Yeah, so that, you know, I can have the freedom of, of not being in the shackles of whatever it is that's going to shackle me. Um, it's now that I say this prayer and I truly understand that it's it's really what my primary purpose is. You know, I, I've stayed in myself for the longest time. I have a hard time getting out of myself and... I work 10, 11, and 12 hard to get out of myself because this prayer tells me I have to do God's will and I can't do God's will if I'm in myself. So those words today, they resonate more with me. And I, I'm so grateful to realize that every time I say this, I hear one of my, uh, one of my step study guides who says, relieve me of the bondage of self. Why, Terry? So I can better do your will. Take away my difficulties. Why, Terry? So that victory over them, you can bear witness to those for God, for his power, for his love, and his way of life. So um, I'm just grateful to understand that prayer and to pray it today the way it's meant to be prayed, as those that have shared already. It's, um, it's the prayer that anchors me in my primary purpose, and it's what, you know, it's what sustains me to get to four through nine and then really mean and live hard, live this hard throughout 10, 11, and 12. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Terry. Boy, too much Metallica that I listened to as a youngster here. I couldn't hear very well. My apologies. Okay, we have Jan followed by Pamela. Jan, good morning. Good morning. This is Jan S. calling from St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you, Larry, for moderating today and Team Friday. 
for all your service. Um, for me, this this taking this step, making this decision, is you know for me the foundation of everything. Um, my taking step three is crucial every day before I get out of bed. You know, I have to say that prayer. And um, it has evolved over time. And one of the things that I really, really come to understand is that I want to live my life under the influence of God's presence, God's direction, God's wisdom, and God's will. And that, to me, is just um, a 360 of living my life under the influence of my insanity, under the influence of my compulsive overreading, my addiction, my insane, my crazy thinking and acting and behaving. So, um, and I want that in my life today. I want to live God. I want to live my life under God's influence. And that means working my steps. That means for me being in a constant state of surrender to the best of my ability. Um, my will, my life, and everything else. You know, I, I, I have no power to do that. You know, lack of power was my dilemma, is my dilemma. I still that's not going to change. And finally coming to an acceptance of those things in, in the beginning and through the steps helps me continue to stay where I need to be to work my life, live my life in recovery, bear witness not only to the people who recover through God and the 12 steps of this program, but being a witness to the people in my life that I love and what they do in their life and the people I work with and the patients that I treat every day. It, I am just, you know, the messenger at times. I'm just the helper. But I'm not the one, you know, making all these wonderful things that life presents to people and, and to my own life. It's all coming from God. And the peace that that brings and the trust that, that I have to, you know, work with every day to do that is amazing. And the acronym I love the most for trust is try really using step three. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jen. <clears throat> okay, we have Pamela followed by Stacy. Hey, Pamela, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Uh, good morning, visionaries. This is Pamela from Detroit, Michigan. So grateful to be here this morning, uh, to be on the line. I think the word that really stuck out for me when uh, reading this passage is bondage. And according to uh, the dictionary here, bondage is being in circumstance that place one under the power or authority of another. Mary B. Sorry about that, Pamela. If everyone can mute themselves, my apologies for that. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I'll start over again. So being a, in a circumstance that places one under the power or authority of another or forces power or influences. And, and bondage, uh, wow, what a word. Uh, Billy, Bill, Billy, Bill was really a wordsmith, I tell you. 
because that's what this was for me. I was in total bondage when it came to anything related to food. I didn't see any way out. It was my God, you know. And so what I like about this third step, um, this third step is a, a step of faith. It's, step three is faith. And it says, faith without works is dead. So what must I do to get here? Well, I've got to work this program, you know. That's the most important thing. I've got to work the program, and I have to work the first three steps. And this is where I get to the point when I get here where I say, well, you know what? I'm coming to believe that there is a power or source greater than me that could restore me to sanity. And, you know, moving through these steps really helped me to find myself. Um, This has been a really uh, wonderful journey for me, uh, one that I would uh, recommend for most people if they could uh, to take this. But, you know, there is a wonderful uh, power in this, and that power is the, the power, you know, as we say, lack of power is our dilemma. So what is the solution? The solution is I need power. And that's what this does for me. So every morning, as many have shared, when I get up, I connect, I plug into this power because it is a way of life, you know, and I do today want to do God's will. And uh, I'm so grateful because, as it says in the previous two paragraphs here, you know, this was the cornerstone. You know, this is a cornerstone that I need in order to get my foundation securely in place so that I can walk through that arch of recovery and be on this side with you all this morning. And for those that aren't there, I just say, hold on, continue to work this program because it really, it really works. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Pamela. Hey, just before we get to Stacy, just a gentle reminder, if you could make sure that you're muted if you're not the person speaking, it's easier to hear them without distractions. Hey, Stacy, good morning. Good morning to you, Larry. Thanks for your service again. If you'd be kind enough to uh, time me, it'd be great. Sure. So I've had an evolution, um, especially with these first three steps. I ha- There's been, for me, nothing um, that's been easy uh, about this. Um, <clears throat> tooth and nail has been uh, the way that this has happened, and if anybody else can relate, I'm here to say that... Uh, just hang on. Um, <clears throat> so when I did my first of many uh, step threes, um, once I did it with my guide at the time, I then went to Akron and decided to follow um, what Roseanne did and the rug in the house. I was on my knees saying the third step prayer, felt moved to tears, felt that I had really uh, surrendered, um, as Harlan had said, and you know, fully ready to move on. And driving back to Cleveland, just had an awesome sense of relief. Well, <clears throat> that didn't last uh, because I continued to hang on to my will. And what I did not get um, was the bondage of self, as others have spoken about. And one of our fellows in their uh, Sunday editions 
or otherwise had talked about bondage of self, meaning reduced self-will, self-propulsion, self-seeking, manager, self-centered, egocentric, selfish, fearful, self-deluding, self-pitting. And I thought, there it is. That is what was missing for me, is that um, my surrender was in direct proportion and collision with my inability to be relieved of the bondage of self. And as I became that iceberg that was melting um, and the bondage of self uh, continues to be reduced, um, I am better able to be of service to myself and to others. And now I can ask my higher power to open myself for guidance and direction to be relieved of bondage, to better hear loving guidance um, so that I can be of greater happiness, um, sobriety and peace, and that I can be a greater demonstration for myself and others. And every morning and every time I am in the work that I do, I pray to be relieved of the bondage of self so that I may better do my higher powers well. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much. <clears throat> Appreciate it, Stacy. Okay, who else would like to share? Reva P. Reva? Vasa O. Julie. Melissa C. Julie, Melissa. Monica T. Amanda S. Monica, let's stop there if we could. Monica Brenda. and Amanda, let's... Let's see if we Brenda, I'll throw you on there. Let's see if, if we can if we get through these. Okay, let's start with Reva. Good morning, Reva. Good morning, Larry. This is uh Reva P, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. So what do I relate to as we read this prayer of step three? Um, as other people have shared, the word bondage to me gives me the image of uh somebody in shackles. Um, like a prisoner in in, in prison. And um, I guess by the time I get to this point, I begin to realize that not only has the food made me a prisoner and miserable, but uh, a little bit um, of my you know behavior and my thinking, although I'm not really clear yet when I get to step three, I just know that I'm making a mess and that my life is unmanageable and and miserable and I'm living in bedevilments. Um, And the contrast of the bondage, you know, by the time I finish what, this is where I make the decision to do the work, but by the time I finish step 10, it reminds me I get this daily reprieve. So again, like this prisoner, on a daily basis, if I continue to do the work, I have a reprieve from this, like, death sentence, this prison life. Um, But what strikes me the most is, you know, the bondage of self, like my difficulties, I would think that my difficulties um, are related to circumstances. But what I've learned is my difficulties arise out of myself, my way of thinking, which drives my behavior. So as I embark on this process um, and I make this decision, it's I'm asking, change my thinking, and I'm acknowledging that I can't change my own thinking, but I trust that as I go through the steps and the process, God will change that and transform my mind so I can know the truth about 
situations and behave accordingly. And the last thing I wanted to share on is why am I asking God to take away my difficulties of myself? Not to be comfortable, not to have a better life. I'm asking um, for this to be done so that I can be of usefulness and do God's will um, out in the world. And that was so not me when I came into program. Um, but that's what this program teaches me, that the purpose of getting out of self um, and being free of my defects is so I can go out and do God's work and be useful. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Reva. Okay, we have Vasa followed by Julie. Vasa, oh, you're up, Vasa. Thank you, Larry. Good morning, everyone. Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive video calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And it's, this is a beautiful, powerful step. And uh, I did take step one, two, and three by myself in my bathroom when I came to my first meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. I was ready to admit that, I, you know, I was powerless over the food and probably no human power could have relieved me from it and that God couldn't, he, and he would if I let him. So I, you know, I, I admitted 150% I was powerless over the food. And no, pro, no human power could help me because I did go out there, try to get the help, and nobody could help me. So finally, I said, it's going to, you know, all right, I'm ready to surrender to God. I have to take this step. And I was terrified. I really was terrified because I did grow up with fearful punishing God. And my sponsor said at that time, you know, I'll lend you my dog. My God, excuse me for that. And, uh, and I was just so ready, and I was so willing. But I, it was hard for me to admit that my life was unmanageable. Yeah, you know, with the food, my life was very unmanageable because I tried to control it all the time, and I couldn't. But I thought I really had a good handle on my life. Controlling and managing, it was exhausting. But anyways, I, I didn't do the, the formal third step here till I, till I was ready to start my writing in the fourth and the fifth, fifth step, my fourth step. And I, 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 I say this step every morning, and I said every night. And it is, for me, the, take away my difficulties to help, that I could help others. And that was very, very hard for me. I, I said, I'm going to do this. My sponsors have just followed the steps, worked the way they're laid out, and God is going to show you. And gradually, little by little, my confidence started boosting up. I, you know, again, with the food, I needed to put the food down first and then work the steps. And it's a gradual process. I don't do this perfectly. I've messed up over the years. But my, it's getting much better in every area. Oh, my goodness. My life is, God is my director now. I'm, you know, I pretend I'm on a limousine. I'm sitting in back seat, and he's my driver. And I say, you take me, God, whatever you want to, because my life started getting better when I started practicing. Put God in the driving seat and Vasa, get back and relax. Thank you for letting me share that pass. Thank you, Vasa. Okay, we have Julie followed by Melissa. Julie, good morning. Good morning. This is Julie E.B., gratefully recovered by the grace of God in Colorado today. 
um, I just wanted to share what a powerful word this is, that God would want myself. That uh, when I say, God, I offer myself to be, I speak to so many folks who are suffering uh, in the disease and in the defects. And we think that there's this propulsion of shame, thinking we're totally worthless, that we're the flaw in life, or fear, uh, or anger that's going to drive us to somehow lose the weight, to somehow change ourselves. And that's all an act of the will. And so here in this beautiful third step, we've had a chance to see our powerlessness. We've had a chance to see that God wants to restore us. And we know we have to quit playing God. But guess what? God still wants us to play ourselves, the selves that we are becoming. God, I offer myself to thee to build with thee and do with thee as thy will. God has something for us. And so this is something the food never did. The food was no respecter of me. The disease was no respecter of me. My thinking is no respecter of me. My self-will is no respecter of thee. And I think of the third step prayer from another program. In this moment, I choose my own higher power. I set aside my old beliefs about who I am not and be who I am, a child of the universe, a child of God. And so I think this is an amazing thing, that God relieves me of the bondage of self, but allows me to be the self that God is creating me to be. So for folks that think they're going to drive themselves there by keeping those old, shaming messages, fearful messages, hateful messages that they tell themselves every time they look in the mirror, try this prayer instead. Try to offer yourself and see what God will do because God will do a new thing. As it said in the words right before this paragraph, we can be reborn. And so I'm just a child and an infant, and I'm just learning, growing, unfolding child of the universe. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks so much, Julie. Probably have time for a couple more. Um, uh, We have Melissa followed by Harmonica. (laughs) Melissa, good morning. Hi, good morning. It's Melissa C. Recovered compulsive overeater in New York, and um, thank you. I, you know, I thought I was just in bondage to the food. Like, and, and you know, the big surprise um, to me was that was just like um, a lowly guard. You know, I, if I was in a prison, um, the food was sort of like the lowly guard at the door and put the food down and get out of that cell, and I come to find out, crap, I'm really locked in a whole prison, and um, and guess what? I'm the warden. Like, my thinking, um, I'm, I'm the warden. I'm the one that's enslaving myself, and and yet I can't get myself out. <laughs> you know, like, I, I could put the food down. Um, I wasn't helpless. You know, I could put it down temporarily, um, and, and then, but I'm the thing that's imprisoning me, and so... Um, you know, and I have the unfortunate experience of getting back in bondage to myself again. You know, um, abstinent, but I can still get um, back inside my own prison. And, you know, so every time I experience, like, fear, discomfort, worry, you know, all those 
um, defects, all those uncomfortabilities, um, it's me. It's my thinking. And nothing imprisons me more than believing I'm right. Like, that, for me, is um, is the most painful experience because um, I hold on to it, you know, and I can't seem to let it go. And I've come to find out, you know, more and more, um, yeah, being right means nothing, and it's it's actually not true. I'm not right because if I were right, it wouldn't be this way, you know. My thinking is what needs to change. And then I love, you know, that my every difficulty I have, it's not a waste. Nothing's wasted in God's economy because every difficulty I have is so that I can help someone else. And that's how I actually get happy, not getting my way, not getting what I think is right to happen. You know, that that's not true. It's when I can help other people um, that I actually get free, that I get out of the prison um, and I have freedom. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Melissa. Hey, Amanda and Brenda. My apologies if you can hang around for the second for the second hour. Monica, good morning. Can you wrap us up here? Oh, I sure can. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. All right, we are now at step three. All right, this is a decision step. You know, we thought well before taking this step, making sure we were ready. All right, so what has brought me here? Pain has brought me here. And I've come to the conclusion in step one that I am absolutely 100% powerless over the fact I have an allergy, over the fact that I have a mind that does not work right when it comes to food, and that I can't manage. I, you know, I keep doing the things I don't want to do, and I don't do the things I want to do. I'm screwed. There's step one. Well, i got a lack of power going on here. Nothing I've tried or anybody else has been able to help me. And I need some type of a power that's bigger than me that can remove this obsession from my brain. So now I'm at step three. Now, we talked yesterday about I picked a relationship that I felt comfortable with, a relationship with me and his power. Do I know anything about this? No. Uh, I'm not sure about all of this. Is it going to work for me? Well, you know what? Pain's brought me here, and you've got something I want, and I'm willing to give it a shot. I'm willing to do this work and see if it will happen to me. So we're saying in this prayer, God, I offer. Oh, thank God the word surrender isn't used in the first 164 pages of this book. I offer. I'm willing to continue with the rest of the steps here to my, offer myself to you, to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Yeah, I wasn't too sure. That didn't sound like a whole bunch of fun. But I did like, relieve me of the bondage of self. That, that sounded good. And I also like, take away my difficulties. That sounded good to Monica. That victory over them may bear witness to those I could help. Well, hey, I'm not there. I'm still full of me and selfishness here. This is where I'm at in this prayer. I haven't done any of the work. I haven't done the rest of the steps. And it was so interesting to me to see when I could look back over my shoulder as I went through the work and did the steps, how there was a change from this selfish Monica who first said this prayer to the Monica who now wants to help others who are suffering from this disease. So I guess what I want to say is, if that's where you're at right now when you take step three, don't worry. Don't try to figure this all out. We can't. 
You don't have a relationship, working through the steps is going to get you that relationship. So down the road, you can look back over your shoulder and say, aha, yeah, this makes sense. This works. Thank you, God, and I pass. Thanks so much, Monica, and thank you to everyone who has shared and everyone that put the meeting on this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Before we do that, um, Lynn, let me give you the share ID for uh, today, this meeting, the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting on May 25th. That's 11,460-11460. And Lynn, would you take us out here with the... uh, with page 164. I sure will, Larry. Thank you so much. Lynn F. here, recovered in Pennsylvania. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. You shall, we shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.